We know that sometimes life is hard and we know a lot about being broken, being hurt, being discouraged, being frustrated. Sometimes it's almost as if life is just too much to bear. Not that long ago, I spent a little bit of time in Atlanta, Georgia at a conference entitled Ministering to the Broken. And I think most of us know what it means to be there. Financially speaking, did you know that the average American is carrying a debt on their credit cards to the tune of $16,000? I don't know if you're average, above average, or below average. I hope in this case you are way below average. But we understand what it means when finances are a little bit out of sorts, don't we? And how hard life is and how difficult it is to kind of make things tum- come together. I'm really, I'm really glad that this month is over because it's been a long month for me. Cannot tell you how many of my friends I have talked to who are going through some hard times. Be it at home with relationships or be it with physical conditions or spiritual issues that they are struggling with. It's just been kind of a long month. Bum Phillips, a former coach in the NFL, once made this comment. He said, there are two types of coaches in the NFL, them that have been fired and them that are going to be fired. And I think if If anything could be said, I think that there are two types of people in the world, them that have been hurt and them that are going to be hurt. Now, I'm not sure either one of those statements are proper and good grammar. However, you get the gist of the message. And it seems that for some reason, we feel the pain of the circumstances of life. And you don't even have to be a Jesus follower to agree with this. You don't have to be a great theologian. You can just be in here sitting in the comfort of the room and understand that sometimes life is hard. One out of two marriages not making it. People die every day in America. Your children and grandchildren have a hard world that waits for them. I talked recently to a friend who had separated from his wife and he was just trying to figure the whole thing out and I, my heart ached for him as, as he wept. Have a friend miles and miles away from here who has part of his family in rehab today because of something that happened 15 years ago. I mean, there are hurts in life, and we all know what it feels like to be in that place, don't we? We don't want to spend a whole lot of time there because it's a little bit unnerving, and for some reasons, it's the circumstances of life. Sometimes it's difficulties from a friend or from a loved one or someone that we trust or believe in or Even sometimes it's because of our own stupidity that we find ourselves 
in a dark, hard place. And David knew what it meant to be hurting. He knew what it meant to be broken, to be frustrated, to be stressed, anxiety-driven. And I think that's why he wrote these words in Psalms chapter 30, because it begins to paint a picture for how we can work our way out of such such times. And here's what he says in Psalms chapter 30, starting with verse 1. He says, I exalt you or I praise you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, you helped me. O Lord, you brought me from the grave and you spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his, praises his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I, I said, I will never be shaken. Oh Lord, when you favor me, you made my mountain stand firm, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. Be my helper. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I give you thanks forever. And in that piece of scripture, there's at least three things that David points his readers to as an expert of despair, as an expert of brokenness, as an expert of one who knows pain. He gives his readers at least three things to remember, three things to hope for when going through a hard time. And the first thing is this, when you're hurting, I encourage you to face the truth about your situation. A lot of times when we're going through a time of brokenness, we have a tendency to lie to ourselves. And there are two main lies that we like to tell ourselves. The first is, this could never, this could never happen to me or or my family. I wish I had a dime for every time I had heard that when someone was breaking their heart. This kind of stuff, it doesn't happen to people like us. This kind of thing doesn't, why in the world do bad things happen to good people? I think I've heard it all. No one has the right to claim immunity. In fact, if you are not a Christ follower, understand this, just because you become a Christian, that is no guarantee that you're going to have a life that is smooth sailing. David says in verse 6, when I felt secure, I felt like I would never be shaken. When I felt the power that I had, when I had riches, when I had money, when I had some income, when I had my health, 
When I was in control, I felt as though I was secure and nothing could shake me. And then he says in verse 7, but when you hid your face from me, I was dismayed, I was discouraged, I was frustrated, I was broken. And David learned quickly that false security can easily be shattered. You know, there was another man in the Bible, his name was Peter. Remember his, his confidence, his courage, his um, outspokenness? He said to Jesus, hey, I will never disown you. I will never turn my back on you. Even if you die, I will die. And we know the story when Jesus was taken into captive, uh, captivity. There were three times that Peter denied Jesus. And in one of those passages, the Bible references Jesus looking straight at Peter when he made those, those words of denial. That would be like you looking at your child as they lied right to your face. Major League Baseball starts today. The Cardinals play who? Cubs. Anybody who follows baseball know three strikes and what? You're out. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus had every right to say, hey, dude, you're out. Instead, they have a very intimate connection on the beach and very good conversation, and Jesus offers Peter grace and love and forgiveness. And even when we're going through a hard time, even when we try to tell ourselves, this is never going to happen to me, that's buying into the lie. People say things like... My marriage is solid. It will never, never end up there. And you know what I think? Divorce hurts, doesn't it? Those of you who have been there, would you, would you hope for anyone to go through such a thing? Now, it's not the unforgivable sin. The cross is bigger than divorce, but don't fool yourself. Don't buy into the lie and think that your marriage can never end up there. When my boys were ready to marry, they both moved away, started ministries, and I set both couples down and said, hey, we need to talk. Matt and Lindsay was first. They were married first, and I said, hey, here's the deal. The experts say that when you marry... When you move away, when you start a new job, the three most difficult times in your life. And you're doing all three. So if things go sideways, if, if things are a little bit out of sorts, you call me. And I'll send your mama. <laughs> One out of two marriages not working, folks. Do you think it causes any stress? Any heartache? any uncomfortableness, any brokenness in the lives of God's people? Some say things like, my kids would never end up there. Really. Be careful what you say. My job, my job's secure, is it really? 
In this day and age, is there such a, such a thing? My health, I'm as healthy as a horse. What does that mean? I mean, what does that mean? If you feel kind of puny, are you as puny as a pig? Well, I, don't, I don't understand what that means. Anybody here not as healthy as they once were? Your body doing some kind of weird things sometimes? Don't think you're immune just because you claim the name of Christ. Some say, I'll never fall into sin. Some say, I will not, I cannot be shaken. Physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually. Yeah, you can. You don't think it can happen to you. I love this story. It's about three old guys. Let me just call them geezers. The first geezer said, they were talking to one another, and the first guy said, hey, I'm having some problems. I'll go out to my shed to get a tool. When I get to my shed, I can't remember what tool I need. The other guy says, hey, man, I'll pick up a phone to call somebody, and by the time I get the phone up to my ear, I can't remember who I'm calling. The third guy said, man, you guys are bad. I don't have any problems. Knock on wood. Excuse me, someone must be at the door. I'll go let him in. Don't tell me it can't happen to you. You know, I tell people all the time, a time is going to come when I'm going to park a little closer to the door. Time is going to come when my eyesight, my hearing, not quite as sharp, not quite as keen. It's called aging. And we know that we need to be careful what we say and think, right? Because it can't happen to you. The fact is, you can be shaken. Odds are there will be some time in your life when you will be. The experts say in any given moment, one out of four people going through a rough time, a time of hurt, a time of brokenness, a time of depression, one out of four. If you say, hey, 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 that's not me, that just tells me you're either coming out of a time or you're getting ready to go into a time of heartache. Another lie that we tell ourselves is that this will haunt me for the rest of my life. What I have done, where I have landed, it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. We think that we are tainted, that we are damaged goods, that no one in the world could ever see us as a useful part of society. We think that no one, not even God, could love a person like me, I will never be happy, really happy again. Have you ever felt that way? Verse 5, weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing or joy comes in the morning. I love that verse. A few years ago, I had my little back thing going on. You know what? Nights were hard I would find a place in my little chair because I couldn't really lay down and sleep at night because it was just too painful. And I would find that spot in my chair and I would just get there and I wouldn't move. And at night when Debbie was asleep or when I shut the TV down, ESPN was repeating for the third time. Man, the nights were long. And I think it's because all my distractions were gone. 
And then when the sun came up, when the morning began to show itself, I began to feel better. Maybe it was just all in my head, but it seemed as though I felt better during the day. The Bible says that weeping, suffering will come in the night just for a short period of time. And then the Bible says we will rejoice or we will experience joy in the morning. Years ago, Tuscola, Illinois. If you need a map, it's right by Pepsi-Cola and right between Coca-Cola, it's Tuscola, Illinois. They had a swimming pool there, public pool. We did not have one where we lived at the time. So we would go there to swim a lot, and I'll never forget the first day I went off the high dive. Have you ever been there? I was afraid of heights. It didn't act, even sound like a good idea, but my buddies wanted to go, and you know how you go up that ladder, everybody standing right behind the next person. The first person's dripping on your head, and you're dripping on someone. It's finally your turn to go, and I went, and I looked, and I didn't want to go. Finally, everybody in the pool seemed to be looking at me, and the lifeguard's blowing their whistle. So I finally decided to jump. And when I jumped, it just came out. Ah, Some little girly thing, you know, it just came out. And I hit the water, and I bubbled down to the bottom. And then once I hit the bottom, I pushed myself up. When I come up to the top, I just started to laugh. And I did it a few more times. I didn't get crazy with it because I still didn't like it. And I didn't like that girly sound that came out of me. Anybody been to Shackamack State Park? Back in the day when I first went there as a little guy, they had this platform out in the lake area. And it was at different levels. The highest was 40 stinking feet. My brother said, come on, let's go. He wasn't afraid of heights. I went up there and looked down and I thought, no way, I'm not crazy about this. And I walked all the way down and had people saying mean and hurtful things to me but I'm still alive. Those of you who are hurting today, let me remind you that your feeling will not last forever. God promises that when you bottom out, he will help you up. And if that's the case, my thoughts are, why, we, why do we wait till we bottom out, you know? Isn't that what people say? Well, when he hits bottom, then we'll be able to take care of him. When she comes to her senses, she made that bed, she will... I mean, we, we, we say funny things. I know what some of you are already thinking. Wait a minute. My hurts... My brokenness is all because I made some pretty dumb decisions. And I don't feel very good today because of that. My life's a mess and it's my fault. God has every right to be mad at me. Verse 5, did you catch this? His anger lasts how long? A moment. And then the Bible goes on to say, but his favor will last a lifetime. Okay, first service, this was kind of tough, so let me kind of walk you through this. Anyone here, have your kids ever disappointed you? Okay, before we get too crazy, kids, have your parents ever disappointed you? How do you feel when that happens? Probably you feel a little discouraged, a, 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 a little sad. Does that last forever? Not usually. 
Because we love our kids with unconditional love, don't we? We love our spouse with unconditional love. We love our mom and dads with unconditional love. So we forgive and we forget and we move on. The Bible says that God anger, it lasts a moment. Do you know how long a moment is? Moment. Want another one? Moment. But his love, his grace, his mercy lasts forever. Isn't that great? So when you're hurting, right here, right now, don't lie to yourself. Don't say things like, this can't happen to me, because it sure can. Don't say something like, this is going to haunt me and follow me forever, because it won't. The second piece of the puzzle where David indicates that we need to get to a place where we reach a turning point. What's a turning point? A turning point is when you come to your senses or when you hit bottom and push off. It's a time when you realize that your self-reliance is no longer what makes things go. It's your relationship with the Father through the Son. He says in verse 8, To you, O Lord, I called out. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. I cried for help. I cried for grace and forgiveness. You see, God doesn't want you to try to handle your hurts on your own. He wants you to turn to him. So let me, in a very practical way, if your home is not a happy place, if your marriage is not all that it's cracked to be or cracked up to be, I encourage you to seek good counsel, surround yourself with good people, and I also encourage you to turn that situation over to God. Make sense? So if you've been mistreated, I encourage you not to seek revenge, but to seek good counsel, surround yourself with good people, and turn that situation over to God. If you are battling through an illness, I encourage you not to do it alone. Aren't you glad we have good doctors and nurses who know how to help us feel better? My friend Clay was in first service and his wife Allison, they are eye doctors. I know because I asked him today if he would ever forget me as his first patient when he came at me with that contact lens. I said, Clay, I can't do this. I can't even touch my eye. He said, you'll be fine. And the closer he got, the further I got in that chair. And finally he went in and bam, I had a contact lens. He goes, how does it feel? And I said, horrible. He put me in this little bitty room, and there was a little girl there, and she showed me how to put them in. They went in in no time. Everything was great till about 5 or 6 o'clock that night, and it wouldn't come out. Not it, they wouldn't come out. Diane, remember those days? Just be patient, Jerry. You can do this. I couldn't. I called Clay up that first day, and he goes, Hey, I'm still at the office. Come on back, and I'll take it out. And he did. Cannot tell you how many times that happened. Allison, his wife, once I came over and she said, oh, bless your heart. I said, Allison, it's not my heart. It's my eyes. And she got him out of there and she said, you know, I have a patient who has three little ones who do lenses and she lines them all up in the morning and she puts them in. I said, well, give me her name and number. I'll go over to her house every morning. 
wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. And even nowadays, they kind of go, great. Aren't you glad we have good people to help us? And if your body is not doing things that it ought to or that you're used to, I encourage you to get some good help, and I also encourage you to turn it over to God. If you're at war with sin today, and you know where your sin level is, maybe today you need to turn some sin over to God, and I encourage you to get some some good help, some good encouragement. It seems like March has been a horribly long month. I've had so many of my friends call me with, with issues, horrible, horrible things. And we have talked and we have prayed and we have wept together, and it just seems like it's a little bit overwhelming at times. And I know I just work one day a week. I get that. I understand it. But sometimes those other days tend to push me Push me to where I don't want to be. When you're having one of those days, I encourage you to not to try to handle it by yourself. Surround yourself with good people. Bring God into the deal. I have a friend that we talked not long ago, and he said when he was 10 years old, his dad left him and his family. He said his dad never said goodbye, and he said, I never heard from him. He said it destroyed his childhood. And then he said, 22 years later to the day, I have done the same with my family. He let this go on for 22 years. And the hurt, the brokenness, disrupted his relationship with the ones who were closest to him. Don't ever let that happen. This is what David said in verse 10. Hear, O Lord, hear me, and be merciful to me. Be my helper. God wants to heal the hurts in your life. In order for him to do that, you must reach a turning point. A place when you are doing your best to face your situation truthfully and go in a different direction. One more thing. When you're going through these situations, you can expect God to help you turn things around. Now by saying that, I've got to make something very, very clear. He may not take the pain away. He may not take the hurt away. He may not take the disease or the relationship may be already fractured. But he will help you through the difficulty. And then something interesting David says, Oh Lord my God, I called for you to help, and you did, you helped me. Verses 1 and 3, you lifted me out of the depths, and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. You healed me, you brought me up from the grave, you spared me from going down into the pit. Verse 11, you turned my wailing into dancing, you removed my sackcloth, and clothed me in joy. I mean, this is some big stuff here. You see, back in Bible times when someone was going through a hard time, everybody knew it. They dressed differently. They put on sackcloth, not very comfortable, and they often put dirt and ashes all over their bodies. People said, oh, here comes Mary. Look out, she's having a rough time. I mean, they could tell. 
the cool part is, the Bible says here that God will remove this sackcloth and he will clothe you with joy and you'll be ready to, to dance. Throughout Scripture, dancing happened a lot. Whenever there was a celebration, there was music, there was dancing, people celebrated that way. And he said, a day is going to come, you may not know when, when this happens, you will remove that attitude and you will begin to, to dance again. You will begin to laugh again. You will begin to love again. That's the promise that God has for his people. Anybody here ever had a difficulty and you thought, my gosh, how much longer is this going to last? When I was going through the back thing, my doc called me up and said, hey, how you doing? I said, dude, I'm at the Schnooks on First Avenue getting a prescription and it's not ready yet. And I said, how long is this going to last? How much longer do I have to hurt this way? Is it ever going to get better? Won't this medication, can't you be addicted to it? He goes, don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. You'll start feeling better. And if you get hooked on them, we'll de-hook you. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my heart could sing again. Anybody here feel like it's time to sing again? I mean, you've been hurting so long. It's not getting better. He will help you through your hurts in your life, and he will give you a reason to dance. Anybody here need a reason to dance? Let me just share with you, God loves you, and because he loves you, he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you. A day is coming, and we are told in Scripture that we know we can celebrate in heaven. We know that. And a time is going to come when we'll dance again. We'll sing again. And maybe that's what you need to do today. During this time of communion, I pray that you just open yourself up to the Father. You share with Him your hurts, your concerns, your desires, your brokenness. You invite Him into the situation and you allow Him to do His thing. Oh, yeah, while you're doing that, why don't you go ahead and ask for a little grace and mercy and forgiveness. He wants to give it to us all. All we have to do is is ask. So maybe today is a good day for a good day. Maybe it's time to start feeling better again. It can happen today in this place. If you invite God into your your hurt, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for hurting for us.